Well, hey there, good morning, Wellspring family. I hope you're doing well. I hope you've had an amazing week so far. And uh, thank you for tuning in today in our series of passion. And uh, it's been my prayer throughout the summer that God would be leading you to, to find him again, to find your first love, to rekindle that zeal and passion for him. And I don't know if you know, the word passion actually comes from the Greek, which is pathos, which means passion. And the opposite to passion is uh, apathy or indifference. And that's where the word uh, apathy derives from, is the Greek pathos. And it means uh, to suppress or have an absence of the passion. So uh, God is definitely speaking to us this summer about just finding that passion. Uh, and we've already heard how to uh, shine God's light, how to see God's light, how to listen and obey. And today I simply want to bring you um, the passion never to give up, never to give in, just to keep going against all odds. But before we get into the Bible, um, I'd love to just share with you a personal story that will help relate some of this parable to you today. Um, and it's obviously about not giving up. And I don't know if you can relate uh, in any way to me or you've been through this before, um, but I've had three ways in my life of in the in the midst of giving up. So not giving up, giving up and wanting to give up. I hope that makes sense. Um, and when I was younger, I'll take you back to when I was a little boy. Um, my parents didn't know Jesus and nor did I. And I didn't have the most uh, blessed or brilliant upbringing. And I'll, I'll spare you the details of that for some other time. But I just remember as a kid about thinking of giving up, like, this is really tough. Why is this happening to me? It's unfair. I just want to quit and give up. But weirdly or not so weirdly, paradoxically, something was fighting in me not to give up. Um, and as someone who didn't know Jesus, I tried doing everything like, in my own strength because I didn't know any other way. And the more I did stuff in my own strength, uh, the more it led me to think about giving up because it just wasn't really working. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you can relate to that. Uh, but life did start getting better as I, I grew up. I joined the army um, in my late teens. I was like, I think I've got this life thing nailed down. Um, I know how to play the game. I play by the set of rules. And, you know, I think I've got it all sorted out. And uh, believe it or not, in the army, guess what everyone was thinking? Pretty much every day, both in training and on operational tours. Yeah, it's about giving up. The amount of times I was like, I've had enough of this, I'm done, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm out. And actually what I learned in the army was some really good ways uh, not to give up, but also some not so good ways uh, to give up. And again, I did not know Jesus at the time. And I left the army, I got a great job and I was thinking, I don't need anything. I've got money, I've got loads of girlfriends, I've got a roof over my head, I've got a nice car, I'm living the dream. Um, but I still had this feeling that I wanted to give up and it still wasn't working for me in my own strength. So remember the bad things I was talking to you about the army. Um, so I started drinking heavily, relying on that, got into a mess and then finally got arrested, as some of you know, and ended up in a prison cell in that place of, this isn't working for me, I want to give up. And I mean, I wanted to throw the towel in on life. I was completely done. At that point, I felt I had literally no control. 
and I don't know about you in this season, has COVID made you feel that you have got no control? This, this virus that pretty much sprung out of nowhere that's hit us, it's quarantined us for months, it's, it's steamrolled over our lives and it might do it again. Are you, are you feeling that actually I've lost control, I'm giving up, I'm, I'm struggling right now? Uh, but can I encourage you right now that there is a God in heaven who is sovereign and he loves you. And now I want to share the parable that um, Jesus shared with some of his disciples. And it's found in the book of Luke and it is chapter 18 and it's verse 1 through to 8. So let me read this to you. I'm reading it from the NIV version. And uh, yeah, this is what it says. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she eventually uh, won't come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will we keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they will get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, um, I want to just share some context with you to help bring this parable into life and then add some layers to it. Uh, in this parable, Jesus is teaching against a certain cultural norm and an understanding. And what we see, uh, there's no secret in the parable, is the widow's persistence and passion that she found a way not to give up. Okay, and to understand uh, what a widow's life would be like, we can look in the book of Ruth and we can take a look at Naomi. And a widow's life wasn't great, let me just say that. A widow had nothing. Um, they were pretty much condemned uh, to nothingness unless they had inheritance or something given to them. And no one went with them, defended them, stood for them. No one would um, really care about this widow. So when we see the widow going to the court, we need to understand that she had no one to go with her, no one to advocate with her, no one to uh, defend her. And then we ask ourselves a question from this text, you know, what is her passion? Why on earth did she, did she keep going? Why did this widow keep coming back time and time again? Why didn't she just resign and give in and go, do you know what, I'm done, I'm never going to get my rights here, the judge is unfair and I'm going to give up. Uh, what made her um, passionate? What, what stopped her from becoming apathetic or indifferent? And let me tell you this, I believe her passion was that she had nothing and wanted something. So we realised the widow had nothing but she wanted something and it was so important to her that she couldn't give up. You know, if she gave up she would have absolutely nothing. So the importance of her getting her rights was what was driving her. Um, again, as I said, there was no one to get rights or advocate for her. If she didn't get it, she had nothing. 
And I don't know about you right now, have you felt during lockdown that you've had no one to stand with you? Or have there been seasons in your life where you felt you've had no one come alongside you and perhaps you felt isolated, perhaps you felt all alone, that you've had no one to come to? And how much would you have liked someone saying to you, look, don't worry, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you, I'm going to fight for you, I love you, you're my son, you're my daughter. That would have been great, but this wasn't the case for the widow in our story. And to add another layer to it, um, we, need to, we need to look at the judge, okay? And again, there's no secret in what Jesus is saying in this, this parable. He's saying, look, the judge is unrighteous and unjust. And the widow knew this, okay? So to get some context on the judge, we see that he's a Gentile, okay? And the judge set the agenda, not the law. So the judge set the agenda and you need, to, you need to bribe his assistants to see the case. You need to have money in order that you could get in front of the judge. And this is something the widow did not have. But despite all this, despite the odds stacked against the widow, she had this persistence not to give up, even though she knew what the judge was about. She knew he was corrupt. She knew he was unfair. But time after time, she kept going. And the judge had a reputation of not seeing widows. And the widow must have been thinking at that time, you know, this, this guy isn't for me. I'm never going to get my rights. I'm done. I'll have nothing. But what we see is her passion to come back time after time after time. And I wonder if you've experienced this uh, at home. Have we uh, given up after a while if we see something and know that the cards or the deck is stacked against? If we see something unrighteous and unjust, have we given in easy? And is this how we are viewing God? Are we viewing God as the judge? Are we thinking that he is unjust, he is unrighteous? Or are we seeing God as higher than the judge? You know, are we saying that the judge has the final say here or are we saying that God has the final say because he is sovereign and he is on the throne? So when life is unfair, what are we looking at? Are we looking at the judge? Are we looking at our circumstances? Are we looking at the mountains that we see before us? You know, financial problems, unemployment, illness. Are we seeing this, um, this unfairness and then going, do you know what? Uh, I, I don't believe God has the final say. Because linking back to my story earlier, I felt that God never had the final say. And that night, as I was sharing earlier, when I was in prison, I had nothing. I thought life was unfair. It's all over. I lost my passion. I lost the sense of I can control things. I lost the sense of I've got this. And actually, in that moment, I met Jesus. He is the one who is helping me not to give up. He was the one from that time who helped journey with me not to give up. He helped me find the right way. And even though life isn't easy, and life is sometimes unfair, okay, but because of him, I have a hope. Because of him, I have a hope against my own weakness. I have a reason not to give up. I have hope because my Redeemer, Jesus, lives. And that's the happy ending to, to my story of me being in prison. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to face challenges. That doesn't mean there's times where I want to give up. And even in your worst troubles, can I encourage you that God is there to keep you safe. God is there to love you and put his arms around you and for you to know that he lives. 
So I ask you, do you believe that he is high and lifted up? He is on the throne. He is higher than any earthly authority. And I want to take you to the book of Ecclesiastes. I want to take you to chapter 5 and verse 8. I just want to share this, this little passage with you. And this is what it says. If you see the poor oppressed in a district and justice and rights denied, do not be surprised at such things. For one official is eyed by a higher one. And over them, both are others higher still. So how are you seeing God? Um, I don't know how you're seeing him right now in the midst of lockdown, but I'm still on a journey of not giving up. I'm still uh, learning new things. But what I'd love to do is just give you maybe two or three points that have really helped me on my journey that I just want to share with you in the hope and prayer that this may be a, a new revelation or just a refresher to where you are with God. So can I encourage you, first of all, to see God for who he really is. Okay, and Louis Giglio said this, great American preacher, he said, what do you think about when you think about God? Okay, and I'll say that again. So what do you think about when you think about God? Are we currently in a season of um, indifference or apathy? Are we thinking, actually, God, I really don't believe that, you know, you're, you're going to answer. I don't believe that you are, you're there. Are we thinking that God is unjust? Because I've certainly had those thoughts and wrestles and arguments with God before. Um, and like, are we thinking he's not bothered? He doesn't care. Because when we uh, adopt that position, when we choose to come with that approach, this is what keeps us from asking in prayer. We're thinking he won't give to us because he's not righteous. He, he is like this judge, uh, you know, always being bribed by someone else. But from the parable, let's, let's take the judge. Even though the judge is unjust, okay, he still answered to a widow who had nothing and no rights. And this is what Jesus is trying to make the point that we have a righteous God and um, who we trust and he will execute his justice and righteousness. Now, are we passionate to move? Because the most important thing is to know that God is who he says he is that he lives, he's on the throne. And Psalm 102 says, God inclines his ear to the prayer of the destitute. And the destitute means those who are poor and have no money. Passion is what moves us from this place of apathy, indifference, the meh, to a place of loving him and seeing him as a great father. I just want to share with you today, God's heart he just wants to share his love for you. He's a good father. He is for us. He, he is not against us. He wants to minister to us in saying, come to me and know the real me. Come and sit on my lap. Have time with me. Converse with me. Argue with me. Keep praying to me and I will show you who I am. And I think when we get this, we can then walk by faith and not by sight. And I want to share with you something from Hebrews uh, 11 verse 1. And I'm sure you, you know this, but I just want to add this into context here. And it says this in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Uh, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Okay, faith comes with things that are unseen. Okay, God's heart in this season and for you right now is to help us have that faith. But faith requires passion. It's, uh, it's a doing word. It's, it's not apathy or indifference. Uh, faith will fu uh, function through love, 
which stems all the way from a passion, okay? Our faith says, I believe my Redeemer lives. Faith says he will give justice. Faith says he cares for us, our justice, our rights. Faith says he is in sovereign, he is in control. And God is saying to you right now, come with me. Let me take you to another level of faith. Let's climb those mountains. Let me walk with you. Let me show you faith in uh, unemployment, in financial issues, in illness, in sickness. Let me show you. Let me add faith to you because I live and I love you. He's saying to you today that I am faithful. I am just and I'm on the throne and I will answer you. I'm fair. I'm righteous and I will answer you speedily. And it's important for us today to find that passion, to, to reignite that faith. The faith that says God is higher than any of my circumstances. God is higher than this unjust judge that I'm, saying, uh, that I'm seeing. And faith is saying he has the authority and he will, not might, but he will execute justice and righteousness. He will answer us. And finally, my third point, can I encourage you? It's a really simple one. Just keep going and don't give up in prayer. What have we given up in prayer or what have we devalued um, as to what is important in prayer by some apathy or, or indifference? Okay, Jesus is passionate about prayer. Okay, He taught us to pray, our Father who are in heaven. Let's relate that back to our text. We have a Father who is just, who is righteous, and he's seated in heaven. When we relate him to the judge, we see God as a good Father, not as an unjust, unrighteous, corrupt judge. Jesus taught us, you know, let's pray, thy will be done. Isn't it comforting that we can say, God, your will be done because you are for us. You are not against us. You're not like that judge where you're out to rip us off. You're there to love us, to journey with us and show us who you are. And can I encourage you to have a passion just to keep going. Don't give up. Keep going because Jesus is interceding for us. He's at the right hand of the Father. This is the gospel. He went to the cross. He died and he rose again three days later so you can be in relationship with him. He is sat praying with you at the right hand of the Father. And can I ask you what is important to us now in prayer that we would never give up? And there's been times where uh, I've given up in prayer. I've been apathetic or indifferent and tried doing things in my own strength. And you know some of those reasons? I thought, you know, I wasn't important enough. God, I don't believe you care. God, you're not, you're not just, you're not bothered, you're distant. But actually, when we come back to a place of passion, when we come back to a place of seeing him for who he really is, and that persistence and faith, it puts us in the place of the widow. If we really value it, we will keep going because we have nothing else. I'm not going to give up, God, because this is so important, this prayer. I need you to hear it. Incline your ears to me. And I come to know my Father in heaven in prison. And without him, I know I'm nothing. Without doing things in his strength, I am nothing. Without a passion to see who he is, to walk by faith, to keep going and not give up, I have nothing. And I just want to share one final thought with you. Um, I was listening to a guy called Craig Grishel the other day and he said this, apathy makes excuses and passion finds a way. So can I encourage you now not to make any excuses, to find that passion, to see him for who he is, that we can walk by faith and not by sight and just keep going in prayer. My prayer is that you would 
find him in a new way. My prayer is you would find a new passion for prayer, a new passion not to give up, to keep going because my Redeemer lives. Bless you guys. I cannot wait till those church doors open again and I get to give you a hug, have a coffee. But until then, I'm praying for you and God bless you.